Welcome, everybody. It is time for another installment of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. It must be 8 o'clock on a Thursday night. It is. Today is December 15th, 2022, and we are live. And my beautiful producer speakers are on. So if you guys heard that over the microphone, I'm sorry. A little bit of feedback there. Um, all right. So uh, I am your host, John Anderson, and uh, I will be leading you into this uh, hopefully very, very informative and entertaining journey as we talk about some uh, some mistakes that we've made and that we've seen others make. Uh, but what usually happens, just so you know, if you're new here, is we go off on a tangent, we go down rabbit holes, and by the end of the night, we're talking about something completely different than what we started with. And you know what? That's okay. As long as you're still with us, that means that uh, we're being we're being entertaining. And if we can be educational, if we can be, what is the word? Um, edu, edutain, edutaining, I guess. Edutainable. Yeah, edutaining. So uh, anyway, that's what we want to, uh, that's what we want to be. So um, it's the best of both worlds that way. Let's get a couple of announcements going here before we uh, digress into all things mistake-wise. First of all, we'll put the ticker up there. Uh, if you are out there watching us live, which we are live right now, then uh, go ahead and put those comments out there in the live chat. Um, you know what? Let me go over to Twitter, too. I always forget to refresh this. If I do this and then I go to the profile, I can pin this so we are at the top of the Twitter page there. That is done. All right. So you can go find us on uh, Twitter at SandhillsJohn would be the Twitter handle. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. Uh, glad to have you here, too. We are on both of those as well. Uh, live on all three platforms right now. So uh, hit that like button if you would for us, the thumbs up uh, if it's on the YouTube um, or the little heart on the Twitter, but please let the world know that you liked it and then share it, hit the share button, send this out to everybody that you uh, you think would get some good out of it. Because right now I like to call this the best show that no one is watching. So uh, let's, let's change that a little bit. Um, and if you need to get a hold of us and you're not watching live, you can always comment down below on uh, the video on any of the three platforms, or you can drop us an email at sandhillsmediaempire at gmail.com. Uh, so we'll just let that ticker run a little bit. Also, we are brought to you by Sandhills Defense LLC, helping you be your own first responder. They have got, uh, I don't know if he's the best instructor that's out there instructing but I can tell you this, he he's one of the best looking. And if he's not one of the best looking, then he's at least one of the most conceited. So I'm just saying that uh, he, he's a he's one hell of a model American. He's pretty cute. I, I may be biased, but my wife thinks so too. Um, so we'll say that. Uh, you can find us on Facebook on the uh, Sandhills Defense LLC page. Uh, you can also go to sandhillsdefense.com. Or you can call or text 402-8510-726. You can get a hold of us any of those ways. Uh, we are very proud to be part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. All kinds of cool uh, Pro 2A and Pro Freedom podcasts out there. 
that uh, have all kind of been rounded up and brought to you under one roof there. So you can go to one website and get links to all the cool shows, including this one. So go check that out, sdrn.us. Um, and then also last, but certainly not least, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong to the individual expressing them and do not reflect the views of any of our sponsors or necessarily the other panelists as well. Uh, we're not offering any legal or medical advice. And I just realized something. I had invited somebody else to join and I did not send them a link. So we're going to, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the uh, discussion started and I need to come over here and I need to bring everybody onto the screen. So we're going to say hello to everybody and kick this off and let somebody take it while I, um, while I send out a link here in a little bit. So just do this. All right. So first and foremost, on the, uh, the upper right-hand corner of your screen, if you're watching on video, we've got Rich White with us from Unloaded Media. How are you? Oh, you're muted. We can't hear you. Okay, there you I'll go. try it again. <laughs> Somehow I unmuted it and muted me back up again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. How's yourself? Doing great. Doing great. A little chilly. Nebraska's finally getting some of that winter stuff. Uh, but I can't complain where we are because two and a half hours up the road, uh, they've got about a foot or better and it's blowing around and drifting and causing all kinds of problems. And we had almost enough to say that it covered the ground. Yeah. So, uh, I, I woke up this morning and everything was encased in crystal. In other words, ice. Icy. Yeah. We had that here last week for a little bit. It rained and then it dropped in below freezing temps that evening. So, uh, all right, Rich, thanks for being here. Next up, we've got everybody's favorite tactical teacher and one of the two most eligible bachelors in all of Lincoln, Nebraska, Travis P11. All right, man. How's it going? How you doing tonight? Doing great. How about you? You know, I appreciate those kind words you said out there earlier about, you know, men that want to be me and women that love me, that kind of thing, or whatever it was you were saying earlier. And uh, thank you. For yes, yes, words. that's exactly that, um, that handsome, good looking guy that, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh -huh, exactly. But uh, no, anyway, I appreciate the invite. It's going to be a fun little discussion tonight. I think we've all kind of made a few mistakes here and there, you know, during our carrying years, I guess you could say, with our firearms. And it's going to be a good Same. time. But otherwise, uh, check out my podcast on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And check out my channel because I did put a little community post up. We're going to be giving away a Mantis Blackbeard X system uh, this Saturday. So there's details on my channel. So check it out. Travis B11. Is Thanks, there man. any way that a guy can like bribe you into picking my name? Just saying. Uh, it's going to be a random comment picker that's going to make it happen. So you just gotta, you just gotta, right. just leave a comment right. on my video, and you are in the drawing. Yeah, so, send yeah. send me a private text and just let yep. me know what the going price is for the random comment picker to, uh, to <laughs> the right comment. So I got uh, you, man. We got you. No, that we'll sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, right. go go check that out and uh, and get yourself in to win a free uh, Mantis Blackbeard X, the one that I uh, I want to get and I haven't yet, but I, I really need one. Uh, and last but not least, uh, here's the thing about this guy. The boys say, when is he going to give us some room? The girls say, God, I hope he comes back soon. He is the largest pound-for-pound -pound gun bunny in America. Tony Simon's in the house, guys. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm uh, the greatest thing happening your week. And uh, that's just... The cross I have to bear. <laughs> it's so humble. Oh. 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm not only am I humble, I'm better at being humble than anybody who's ever tried to be humble. Wow, I yeah. believe it. <laughs> I was trying to come up with the craziest way to say that. It's awesome. like, yeah, I'm the best at being humble. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. He is the Bret Hart of humility. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. So uh, it, it should be interesting because I've never made a mistake with a carry holster or carry gun. Uh, so it should be entertaining to me to watch how other people screw it up. That's right. Oh. That's right. You can, you can, uh, <laughs> Yeah, look down upon upon all of the uh, the fools out there that just the, just the unwashed <laughs> masses, and <clears throat> yeah, and I'll tell you about the Uncle Mike's hoster <laughs> that I had. That sounds like perfect segue. While I go and track down an email address uh, and get this link out, so uh, uh, go ahead and tell us all about that Uncle Mike's holster. All right, because we're talking about EDC and EDC mistakes and holsters and other things. So uh, I'll go into the horrific mess that was my first EDC and how I carried it. My first EDC was in 1911, full-size, five-inch barrel, 45 ACP, because manly. So uh, that's what I purchased, plus that's what I trained on in the United States Marine Corps. So being an uh, idiot, I knew I knew how to use the gun because, you know, I used it once in boot camp so uh i got that and then i had to have a holster to carry it in and of course since i just got out of the marine corps uh the only belts i had were web belts so i had my web belt flimsy web belt if you guys ever in you know what i'm talking about and then i had my what two and a half pound handgun and of course i had to continue the triumphant uh the third leg of bad decision and I picked up an Uncle Mike's holster, nylon, with uh, inside the waistband. So I carried it, uh, pretty much appendix carry. Not cocked and locked, because cocked and locked is dangerous, because again, remember, I'm stupid. So I carried it loaded with the hammer down. So every time I loaded the gun in the morning, I racked the slide, stick my finger between the hammer, in the back of the firearm, pull the trigger and then roll my finger out of the way. So I had, so I practiced drawing my gun and cocking it like a single action handgun. Wow. Because uh, a plethora of bad decisions. And uh, I think I was typical of dude that knew what he was doing because he'd served in the military. And it's like, you didn't know what you were doing. And uh, your military service really had nothing to do with carrying a firearm as a civilian. So I don't really, I mean, I joke about being all this other stuff, but I don't judge anybody, dude, because if you don't know, you don't know. Now, if you choose to continue being ignorant after someone talked to you, then you're going to have to have your own awakening whenever that'll happen, or you'll just live your life being stupid. And hopefully no one gets hurt because of it. Well, and, and that's what it comes down to is, again, if you if you make mistakes because nobody told you different and you had to, you know, try and, and find out the hard way, then, you know, chalk it up as a learning experience as long as nobody gets hurt in the process, right? But that's why we're doing this. It's it's partly to tell on ourselves and, and you know, poke a little fun at ourselves or have fun, I guess, in the process of telling on ourselves. But but I want people who are out there who are uh, looking into maybe starting 
to carry concealed or, or they have been, you know, they're starting their journey out and, and they need some pointers, you know, and, and again, there's all kinds of stuff to tell you what to do. And, and some of this is going to be, you know, what not to do. And maybe you can learn from our mistakes. So, yeah. uh, uh, all right. the, Tony's point about people in the military, maybe not being the first ones to carry when they get out of the military. What makes it worse, West Virginia is constitutional carry, but even before we were constitutional carry, if you're a veteran, you don't have to take the firearms course to get your uh, West Virginia carry permit. So there's a lot of guys that were carrying in West Virginia without taking the proper class and maybe shouldn't be carrying a firearm, period. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is... uh... You know, it's one of the things that, that we hear all the time, you know, oh, um, you know, that person was in the military, or that person's a law enforcement officer, they must know all about guns. And, and clearly, that's not always, not always the case. Um, Tony, I know you're doing, doing some stuff. I muted you there. So it wasn't uh, walking on stuff. Uh, I want to say hello to one more person who's going to be uh, joining the panel here. Uh, we've got uh, Joe with us, who is uh, one of the newest board members for Nebraska Firearms Owners Association. So uh, he's been uh, an NFOA member for a while. He just got uh, uh, elected to the board here uh, about a month ago and is uh, beginning his beginning his his first term as a board member. What's up, Joe? Oh, not much. Thanks, uh, John, for having me on. Uh, yeah, Tony, you, you still, uh, I could have swore you were bigger. Oh, yeah. Well, the the trick is to find somebody bigger than you and stand next to them. And usually that's why people stand next to me in photographs. Uh, Right, right. That's good to see you again from uh, uh, last year. I remember seeing you in. And uh, thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Um, All right. So, uh, so you know what? We're just going to throw you right into the uh into the deep end here so since you're the the last guy in here and i i think we've got at least one more who should be popping in later on here but um but uh anyway uh any huge uh mistakes that that you've made in your your journey on carrying concealed or anything at least that you want to uh own up to um well i'm kind of like tony i think we all start out with uh (laughs) the junky one and it lasts for about two or three days, and you're like, "This is not working." <laughs> so um, I, I have a I have a leather one that I'm using now, but uh, I'm not a big fan of it because if you have to unholster, like if you're going to uh, a courthouse, you know, to renew your license or whatever, to put it back, you always flag yourself, and I I, I really don't like that. Uh, we definitely need to have more of a tight Tyvex or whatever on one side. I need to get one of those. And uh, other than that, no, I've never really had any safety issues. And the thing I like about it is it tucks in real close. You don't pro uh, you don't print, um, you know, and it's, it's, you don't necessarily draw attention to yourself either. Sure. But, what, uh, let, let me ask you this, put you on the spot just a little bit. Um, do you carry in the front or off the side or, or where do you, where do you carry that on your waistline? I carry it on the right-hand side. Um, okay. it, it kicks the handle forward, but, uh, because, uh, what I do for a living, I I'm sitting a lot as I'm, as I'm driving and I think I'm going to try to actually make my own, like a cross draw. So it'll be on the left front. 
so that it'll kind of go over my leg a little better. And then I'm not necessarily flagging myself, but I make it a little more comfortable. I haven't found one yet that actually fits what I'm looking for. So I might end up making my own. Well, so. and if, you, if you can do that, cool. Um, we've actually got a few friends in our circle who just started dabbling with uh, building some holsters and then uh, they're getting pretty darn good at it now. And, and one of them has gone commercial and, and a, another one um, doesn't, uh, doesn't do it commercially, but will uh, he will work for, for friends and family anyway. So put something together for them. And yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, all right, Travis, we'll move over to you and see if you uh, have, have learned anything the hard way. And I'm not saying necessarily tragedy, just, you know, things that you figured out to do better. Yeah. Um, so when I initially started carrying the first carry gun that I bought was an FN nine C it was an FN nine compact. It was a, and they, I don't think they even make it anymore. It came with three different mags and stuff. But when I bought it, there were no holsters out there for it. So I, I went out, well, I kind of looked around online. The only place that actually had one for it was Klinger with Kydex holsters. So I bought that and it worked fine for inside the waistband carry. And then, um, next gun I bought after that was a G 17 gen four. And that was the one that I thought, okay, full size gunning. I'm gonna carry, I'm gonna appendix carry this bad boy. Well, I'm I don't have the the figure to appendix carry. So I discovered that uh appendix carry when you've got the tactical up and top going on, very hard to do and very painful. I can even sit down and drive with that thing wedged in there. So that ended pretty quick. Um the funny thing is it was a holster that was sent to me from a company to test out. And and it and it, and it worked great for the right body, for the right kind of figure, it would work wonderful, but just not for me. So yeah, as much as I would like the idea of the appendix carry to minimize the print appearance, you know, it, it's just not going to happen unless I drop like 25 pounds. So more like 50. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So appendix carry just did not happen for me. But I've got the Uncle Mike's holster. And I, the main reason why I had that one is because so many different guns would fit it. But I would use it outside the waistband on the range. But uh, again, it's just as I discovered, you know, a good weight bearing belt rigidity makes a huge difference uh with with how you carry and having your pants sag and stuff but for some people they can make just a standard leather belt work for them and that's great but i think it also depends on maybe the weight of the gun that you're carrying and your waist and your pants so that's a huge part of it for me it's just you know i use a core belt now um but again it's always been a nice weight bearing belt for for carry so yeah cool 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 all right rich we'll give you a shot here uh let's see didn't have the holster issue because my grandfather made sure I understood everything because he had and his buddies were doing all this before I was ever born. So, uh, yeah, the on the holster thing, it was this was before Kydex was a thing, so it was always make sure you had a good leather holster. Don't buy any of the cheap nylon crap and all that. You know, that was drummed into my head from when I was a kid, you know. Mm -hmm. So that never made that mistake. But one mistake I always catch myself doing, and I see other people doing too, is you know just putting your hand on your firearm while it's sitting there in your holster on your hip <laughs> not realizing you do that because if i'm just standing right talking to somebody i'll like hook my thumb on my pants pocket or something and if you got a holster on your hip you can't do that especially if it's outside the waistband so instead what do you automatically do with that reason thinking about it you got your hand sitting there on the holster resting your hand on the firearm not realizing you're doing it that's something i catch myself doing all the time i do too and whenever I catch myself, I always just move my hand down and I'll, I'll hook my thumb in my belt right behind the, the holster, right behind the, the gun butt. But uh, yeah, because usually I'm standing there with, 
you know, my both, you know, my hand, both hands at my side like that. Then I realize, hey, I'm looking lopsided. Clearly, there's something under my shirt. So yeah, I'll try to adjust that. Nobody's ever called me out on it. Um, like I said, I, I admit nothing, and and uh, you know, I'm not saying that I would ever carry at work. Um, I am saying if I ever did, and if I do it right, nobody would ever know. Um, so yeah, that makes a difference. But yeah, you have to. You have to be be cognizant of where you put your hands, um, for sure. Uh, so, uh, and you know, I'll I'll have a go here too. I've made uh, you know, if there's a mistake to make, I've probably made it, um, with the possible exception of trying to uh, dig my muzzle into my holster to to get it, you know, to reholster that. I've that's a mistake I've never done. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I I've done the. You know, before I went to a gun belt, I tried to get away with the cheap Walmart belt. And yeah, it, it, there's no structure. There's no support there. Um, my first holster wasn't really a concealment holster, but you good? <laughs> Sorry, noise is going on across the room. Uh, my first holster wasn't really a concealment holster. It was a Serpa, which I still have and I still use on occasion. So I know people poo-poo them. Um, but, uh, you know, I wear it in, in instances where it, it's not life and death that way, uh, you know, it, I don't have to trust my life to, I guess, necessarily to that mechanism, but it, it seems to do okay. Um, but, uh, that thing sticks out so far, it's almost impossible to conceal without a big heavy coat. So, I mean, I've made that mistake, but I would say the, uh, the biggest thing, um, that I was doing wrong to begin with would have been the belt, um just because when you have a designated gun but you don't until you get one you don't understand you hear people say it and you're like well you know how could it possibly make that much difference but uh you know when you've got a belt which i meant to grab one and and have it on hand here and, and i don't but uh you know you, you've got a belt that that uh even have i can do grab a, a patch here so You've got a belt, you know, and it goes like this. And most guys, I don't know about you skinny fellas, but most men that are built like manly men, when you pull your belt off after you've used it for a while and you hold it out, it doesn't look like this, right? It's got that that U-shape, that bow in it that uh, it comes up over your hips and bows down in the back and then comes right back up again. And uh, when I switched and went to an actual designated gun belt which mine was a uh from bigfoot and it's got the steel spring steel insert sandwiched in between the layers i've got one that i've been wearing for about four or five years now and if i went and grabbed that thing it still looks like this because it just doesn't have any sag to it and it's held up that well the other thing that's happened is uh um uh, and i'm gonna try and not paint too too crazy of a mental image here but uh, you know we all have to go answer the call of nature right and depending on on what pants you're wearing you know sometimes you have to uh even when you're you're standing to do your business there you have to unbuckle right you can't just use use the fly so again without going too deep into into details here if you have to unbuckle the weight of that gun if it's a a cheap belt is going to try and pull your trousers down and everything else so so now you're not just taking care of business you're also fighting with your pants and everything else there and if you're you know if you're in a private place doesn't matter but in a public restroom this is an issue okay when you get that good um quality gun belt 
even when you uh, take that uh, that tension off from having it buckled, it still, uh, you know, it doesn't try to take your pants down with it. And that was an eye opener for me when I first uh, first went to a gun belt is, wow, this is crazy. Even unbuckled, it's it's still supporting the weight of the gun. And that was crazy. So for me, that, yeah. that's a great big one. Uh, yeah. to, to your point there about the public restroom, I was using the urinal in one one time and hear this crash, look over, the guy's carry pistol just slid right off of his cheap belt, right there in the stall and was laying there on the floor for everybody to see. just popped right out of the belt loops? Yeah. Yeah. Just the weight of the gun just pulled it right off, pulled the belt through the loops and right, and it just slid right off his belt. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's important. I was just actually getting my stuff together uh, for show and tell with the different holsters when we get to it. But yeah, the number one thing, uh, somebody turned me on to, a, was it Dell Tech Force? Uh, they make something called a Super Bio Tactical Belt. And the only difference between it and the regular belt was the tactical belt had a black buckle and the Ooh. regular belt has a silver buckle. So uh, yeah, and for me, it was just like, I just need a belt. Um, but it is held up just like the one you were talking about. It doesn't have, I, I don't know if it has a metal insert or not, but I do have to take, I know it has metal in it because I have to take it off uh, every time I go through the x-ray machine. Oh, sure. uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, so it's pretty cool, but it holds up really well. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big one. Um, here in, in weeks to come, I, I want to plan one of these episodes where we actually go through and and uh, maybe kind of have a show and tell, of course, not the firearm part of it, but all the rest of the gear. Yeah. Just, you know, what, what, what are you running? What, uh, you know, if you know, like, what belt is that? What holster is that? You know, what flashlight, what knife, you know, all that good stuff. We'll get into all that one of these nights. Okay. Yeah, because I wanted to talk about being a bigger dude and carrying appendix, which I do all the time. Well, and I was going to mention, too, because Travis was talking about that. And uh, depending on... Depending on the gun, I can or can't. Um, I did find out recently that I can carry appendix if I'm carrying a small enough gun. Um, and for me, it, it doesn't work to carry like my shield um, in an appendix fashion. But since I picked up some of my smaller stuff, like my my uh, Ruger LCP Max, and I've got, and it's just a, it's, I should, I'm not going to say cheap. It's not a cheap holster. It just doesn't cost that much. But it's from Blade Tech. It's their little IWB uh, clip. Is it clip it or clipped holster? I think they call it um, that. With the the LCP Max in it, I can actually find a sweet spot um, that is uh, it's it's well, it's really close to to actually where my appendix is um, on my belt there, and I can stand, I can sit, I can drive. Um, and the biggest problem for me is one of two things: either um, either I get the thing, I, you know, I can, I can take the bigger gun and that's standing up. I can appendix it, but when I go to sit down, either it kills me, the bigger thing, usually what happens is my leg starts to push on the bottom end of that holster. And what would normally be my tactical muffin top would kind of help conceal the gun, the, the grip frame of it a little bit. Well, now it, it's pushed up past and it, it just looks like I've got some sort of really weird medical condition or some sort of equipment sticking out the front of my shirt there. Uh, and it doesn't print like a gun. It prints like there's something there, though. 
And so I don't uh, even understand how skinny guys can even do it. How does that not push up into you when you sit? I, I don't understand what I'm missing here. I don't get it. Does it like you lean the seat they, back? You okay, lean the seat okay. back. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'd have to because I you you know, and also probably depends on the types of pants you're wearing too. If you got tight jeans on or something, it's gonna be even worse, you know. That's what I, I don't know. know. Skinny, skinny guys. No, how does anybody with skinny jeans concealed carry? Especially skinny jeans, guys carry. They don't believe in um, guns. So. Yeah, they're, they're not carrying it anyway. No, they don't. Yeah, no. Skinny <laughs> guys don't even. <laughs> they conceal on their man bun. Maybe they've got something tucked up there, like that some mace or something, some pepper spray. Or, don't you know. don't buy into it. Those guys, their girlfriends carry for them. You know, they yeah. they conceal their CZs very well, and I don't. Yeah. Oh no! Come on! No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got the. Uh, <laughs> they conceal their various CZ, CZs. Um, I have a uh, yeah. Uh, JX Tactical makes this one. It's called a fat fat guy holster. And I carry that. I carry my Glock 19 in it all the time to the point I forget. I sit down. I stand up. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I really don't, because um, I had another holster. It was those one size fit all. And it would just spit my Glock 19 out whenever it felt like it, especially if I were going upstairs. It's like, hey, want to make your life exciting? Catch a striker fire. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I think we need to invent a line of holsters for big dudes and call it husky holsters. Because we're not right. bad. We're, we're big bone. My mama says I'm husky. So yeah, that's yeah. from uh, South Park. Yep. Husky holsters. Yep. There you go. Um, you so, know, hey, but, gonna, oh, go, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. I'm going to be trying out something new tomorrow because I'm shooting in an action uh, uh, action shooting uh, sport thing, and uh, this will be my second time. I used my CZs in one of those one-size-fit-all holsters, and I just felt I was at a disadvantage with both of those because they're older, um, and you have to start with the hammer down, so I'd have to rack it and then drop the hammer with my finger on the trigger and my other finger on the hammer. It was a little too much for me just first time getting into it. So I'm taking my Glock 19 tomorrow. And I have a holster that has one of these retention buttons on it, but it's not where the trigger is. It's actually where the slide, like in line with the slide. So there's yeah. no accidental finger in the muzzle. So I'll be taking this for the first time. It's called ITAC. Uh, ITAC holster is like one of those Israeli holster companies, but uh, it gives me an outside the waistband belt clip, and I definitely am not going to use this because this is going to take forever to draw off the same side the gun is. <laughs> Action shooting thing, but at least it's going to be interesting. I'm going to try the Glock. This you know, will be my second time, yeah. It's funny. Um, when I took Chuck Haggard's pocket rockets class, he addressed that because there are a few pocket holsters out there that you know you put the gun in it and then right below um where the pocket where the gun goes there's another little pocket in there and you stick your spare magazine in it and everything's together right i don't know if you guys have seen these or not um but uh he said of course he doesn't recommend that but if that's what you have you know he did develop a technique for uh reloads on that but i mean again we're usually talking about a little pocket gun a little mouse gun um, but, uh, yeah, there, there, there are ways to do it. Um, and, uh, I figure it's his technique and, and he can, you know, he's paid to teach that to people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give the spoilers, but, but yeah, there's, there's ways to do it. So, um, you just, again, whatever you're doing, you have to practice, 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 and have a plan for what happens if one hand doesn't work. But, but, uh, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. I don't recommend carrying, 
your reload on, on your strong side if, if you're shooting from the strong side. Uh, all right, let's uh, – well, I was going to bring somebody in, but I'm not sure. Oh, he's there. He's just – what in the world is going on? I can see the top of your head. He's, he's not on the screen yet. He's out in the green room, and I can see his camera feed. Um, are you uh, Are you meaning to – is that how you want it to be? You want it like that. Okay. All right. Well, this guy has uh, apparently – he's got the, the best – the best parted hair in the industry, and that's all he wants to show off tonight. Uh, so uh, we're going to say hello to Defense Dad. Hey! I figure if I'm late, I might as well make an entrance. Oh, you're, you're coming up <laughs> like you're Garth Brooks on stage. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's I awesome. got a new desk. Oh, did you get one of the stand-up desks that I goes did. up and down? Yeah, but I sit at it. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, Defense Dad, how are you? Not too bad. How about you? Doing all right. Ladies and gentlemen, well, ladies anyway, this is uh, the other of Lincoln's two most eligible bachelors. So uh, glad to have you along as well. Um, all right. So you know what? We'll just give you a chance to talk about any uh, anything that you learned uh, the hard way or mistakes you made along the way here as you started carrying concealed. Oh, I'm kind of the same as what you guys have been saying. Um, am I frozen? Mm. No, no my screen, my screen's frozen. Um, mo mainly issues with holsters. Uh, <clears throat> fact, I've got for show and tell later. I've got a box. Yeah. Oh, I've I've got a box bigger than that full of holsters, but that's not my box full of stuff I don't use. It's mostly stuff I do. That's the stuff I don't use. Yeah. Yeah, we've all got that too. So, but I did. So, my first gun, this was a little embarrassing. So, my first gun I ever purchased was a Ruger SR9. Great gun. But if you ever never shot one of those, that has an ambidextrous magazine release. It's also an extended magazine release. When you don't choose the right holster on that and you're a big guy like me, sometimes you hop out of your car and your magazine falls out because you press on the magazine release so it's it is important to get the the i had a leather holster inside the waistband but it wasn't stiff enough so it it would you know conform to the body so it would it would literally release the magazine and i stepped out at work in front of work and the magazine fell out <clears throat> so hmm. holsters are usually the biggest part yeah yeah i would say probably that's holster and belt is is what we probably hear the most of um other you know aside from i i guess gross negligence would be another thing there yeah uh, but um all right so we've all told on ourselves now let's just and we won't keep going around the horn we'll just uh we'll we'll just make this a sitting around the campfire type of a chat here but um anything that you you've seen uh other people do or just you know, horror stories that you've heard over the years. Um, you know, what are some of the things we haven't talked about that we want to make sure and warn people that, you know, hey, this this does happen. Don't let it happen to you type deal. Reholstering. Reholstering and being dangerous with it and pointing it at yourself or lasering yourself. Um, it's dangerous. You have to make sure what you're doing. Pay attention. Also, there is no race to reholster. 
slow it down. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've watched that before. And I'm like, I, I don't, I, I totally understand that you're caught up in maybe working on your draw and getting it out fast and putting rounds on target, pump the brakes when it comes time to reholster. So, and if your holster is not fitting right, or you're not doing it because I, I, I shot in, I shot a uh, Rob Pincus class carrying uh, 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 appendix. I had my appendix holster, and I, I shot actually two of his classes carrying appendix. But every time I reholstered, I made sure I leaned back, yep. you know, um, and used the uh, <clears throat> tactical muffin top to protect all the other parts down below and made sure my garments were clear every single time. And, and when you're in a concealed carry class, you're drawing a lot and you're putting your firearm away a lot. And every single time I took my time to reholster, um, I carried on my side and, and some other classes and I was having a problem seeing because I'm a little bigger than your average bear, uh, where to put it in my holster. So I was kind of hunting around the muzzle, like on the side, I knew I was in the general area and I would kind of go, below the holster like find it and then bring it back up and go in and i really hated that so at least with the appendix is right in front of me and i could just rock back and see it and that made me more comfortable sure. uh tomorrow i'll be using this again it'll be on the side because we can't draw from appendix and and that's just going to be me taking more and more time to make sure this gun goes where it belongs and i i would add to that too if you're going to reholster appendix not only do you lean way back and and push your hips way forward, but clench those butt cheeks as tight as you can, and and uh, that get it helps anyway. Get that muzzle out of line of everything important, including your femoral arteries and and other parts of you that you're attached to as a as a man. Um, and so, um, and what else was I about to say too? Um, one thing that I do if because uh, I I kind of have the same thing going on a little bit where it's, it's, I always tell people to look the, their gun back into their holster. But if, if you just don't have the mobility and, and I, you know, I'll tell you, you know, reach over with your, with your support hand and move your clothing, move any parts of you that you can move out of the way uh, to see that holster. Um, having a, a holster with a light color on the inside of it. Uh, I always wondered, you know, who cares what the inside looks like? I, you know, that nobody looks in there. Right. Um, and why would anybody care what color it is if it's a, inside the waistband holster anyway? But but there is something to be said for that light color uh, lining the holster. You can pick that up easier. Um, I also like to feel if I'm going to feel for mine uh, when I've got, you know, it's just a hand YouTube. It's not a real gun. But when I've got my my, you know, my pistol in my firing grip, I'll take my thumb and I'll feel with that so that I've still got the muzzle canted away but yeah um i tell my students the same thing tony there there is zero competitions in the world to see who can put the gun in the holster the fastest there's a reason why they don't give points for that there's a reason why nobody competes to reholster their gun because that if you're going fast you uh you, you have to sacrifice maybe a little bit of safety so i tell my students the same thing um but i also don't teach my students to draw fast i I teach them to to work at it and get smooth and then speed up if they want to. But I tell all my students, uh, I, I won't, I won't teach you to be fast. I will teach you to be smooth and you can get fast from there. Um, so that's, that's another thing there too. 
Um, I will, uh, I'll throw this one out there too. Holstering or drawing from the holster, either one. Um, if you, uh, if you haven't worked on your draw, then you really should do that sometime in a mirror and just watch. And if you've got a, a blue gun, that would be ideal. But if not, you know, make sure it's just like dry fire, go in a different room, unload that sucker, check it again, and then go into the room where your mirror is and check it one more time and make sure there's no ammo in that room with you. And then just watch yourself draw and don't watch anything but the muzzle of that gun and see if you flag yourself. Because if you're doing just a strong side hip carry, that's a pretty easy draw to maneuver and not point the gun back at you, right? Um, unless you happen to get your support hand out in front of the muzzle or something uh, in the process, watch for that. But a lot of people, and I don't recommend carrying in the small of the back, but I know a lot of people do back in that six o'clock area. And what I see is, um, you know, and as a kid thinking I was Axel Foley or somebody, you know, I used to do the same thing with my toy guns. Right. And, and I, I would put a gun back there and to where the, it was palm out. So basically if you're right-handed, it's basically a left-hand holster is what it amounts to. So when you reach behind yourself, the back of your hand is up against you. Your palm is out. You grip that gun. Well, here's the thing is when you do that, when you pull that gun out, does anybody actually take the time to extend, rotate, and then come back around? Because if you just pull that thing out and come like this, muzzled all of your important organs that are in the lower half of your body. And that's why uh, if you're going to carry back there behind your hip bone, use still, if you're right-handed, use a right-hand draw holster. Because at least if you have to reach all the way around and your palm is facing you, when you draw that gun again, it just comes right around and you don't have to muzzle yourself, but that, that flexing of your elbow uh, and anybody who cross draws, make sure that you practice that draw too. So you don't get your art, your offside arm in the way um, and you're not flagging your leg or anything. Cause yeah, a lot of people who, who drive for a living uh, like what you said, Joe um, like to carry in, in a cross draw holster. Cause it's just so much easier and, and more accessible from a seated position, but practice it again from a chair, um, practice drawing. And if you drive for a living, practice in your vehicle, or at the very least, if you're going to practice in the house in a chair, simulate the steering wheel and make sure that you've practiced drawing around that sucker too, because that'll mess you up. Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, again, if, if nobody's told you, you're not dumb if you don't know this stuff, kids, it's just, we, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two, right? It's, so, it's the minutia. It's, it's the small yeah. details that make the difference. Mm -hmm. the and uh, Exactly. And another thing you can do is use your, use your phone to record yourself drawing. Uh -huh. That way you can see yourself from a different angle and, and, and look at it. And not only see what you're doing, but also make yourself more efficient. Uh, you can work at making yourself more efficient. I was in a, a class with a... I don't know what Dustin is. He's some kind of sponsored shooter with Springfield. And uh, he was like, I'm going to get you to draw your gun from concealment and put two rounds around on target in less than two seconds. And I'm like, get the flock out of Dodge. No, you're not. Uh, 1.26. I was able to draw from concealment, put rounds on target, thought I was pretty fast. And then the guys that were with me got it uh, 0.96 seconds. Wow 
withdraw from concealment. So what do you do? Again, to me, safety is paramount. So of course I took baby steps, but it was like the same thing. Reach down, grab your garment, pull it up, uh, master grip, pull it out, punch out, let rounds go. And, and that was it. It was just do this every time, making sure you don't laser yourself because yeah. that's the most important part. Last thing you want to do is start a gunfight out by be shooting your finger off. Yeah, and, or, and what, what Tony's talking about is is when you come up, let me see if I can get, get this angle right. When you come up like this and you go to grab for your, you know, put your support hand on your gun, don't start from out here, right? So that's the other thing is if you're drawing from concealment, especially if you have to pull your garment up, you know, reach down, pull it up, keep your hand up here out of the way. Just keep a hold of that shirt and it keeps it out of the way anyway. Plus it keeps your, it gives your hand something to do so that it doesn't get caught out there in front of that muzzle because uh, anything that's out in front of that muzzle, uh, it's, that's not where you want any part of you to be. So yep, absolutely. Uh, we got some good comments out there too in the, in the chat, which I never even said hello to everybody out there. So who do we have out there? Sandhill sweetheart is actually in the producer's chair this time. She's feeling better. Uh, so I know Patriot in the dark out there uh, only showed up so he could see her. So uh, glad that you're happy tonight, Patriot. Um, Rich is out there and in here. Defense Dad is out there and in here. Agorizer's out there. Krabby Turtle, Blitz, Travis. Uh, G-Webs is out there. Who else do we have? The Armsman. I don't think I've seen that name come through before. Uh, so welcome and glad to have you along with us. Um, let's see who else do we have gunpowder beauties in the house. That might be it for now. Gunpowder said, uh, did you know that a two clip holster slides perfectly on the top side of a car seat visor and can be easily concealed with car seat cover during the cold weather? Um, you know, for, for the moms walking their kids in leggings, not wearing pants with a belt. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big thing that, uh, you know, none of the six of us here on the panel uh, probably spend much time walking around in leggings. Um, but, you know, I would also uh, throw sweatpants in there too, though. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sweatpants or, or uh, warm-ups or whatever you want to call them. But uh, if if you do go out of the house in sweats or, you know, like some basketball shorts or something like that and not, uh, you know, not pants or shorts that, that actually take a belt, then again you've got to come up with with options there too you know you're not just gonna stick a uh probably well you shouldn't anyway stick an iwb holster inside the waistband of, of sweats or, or basketball shorts and just hope that drawstring holds tight um I, I guess it's a it's an option but it's not one that any of us would probably recommend i know i wouldn't um so uh what other, as far as doing stuff like that, have you guys seen anybody just like, you just looked at them and wondered, um, you know, where they possibly could have gone so wrong, so so far down the wrong path there, as far as like, you know, trying to wear a, a belt holster with non-belt pants or something like that? Have you guys seen anything like that going on? Nah, I can't say I have. Or even dare I say it, going out without a holster? Because I think that happens more often. Yeah, oh, Mexican care? Yeah, I've seen people do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, in the waistband. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, for anybody that's worried, uh, don't get your knickers in a twist. Mexican carry is the official term for it. It has nothing to do with with uh, um, any nationality of people. It's just that was 
uh, originated with uh, um, a lot of the Baqueros back in the day. So anyway, before anybody got worried about that, I just thought I'd throw that disclaimer out. It's it's Rich isn't a racist, trust me. Um, but uh, worse yet is, you know, uh, I'm going out to, I, I'm just going to go grab milk, which I don't understand. But apparently grabbing milk is the, the one thing that you can do where you probably will never run into trouble, I guess. I don't know, because that's where people run out. I'm just going to go get some milk. Uh, I didn't want to bother putting my gun on, you know, something like that. Or, you know, well, I, I never know what I'm going to run into. So I'm going to grab it and just throw it in my pocket, coat pocket or pants pocket or whatever. And uh, not in a pocket holster, mind you, just throw the gun in there and, and go. Um, kids, if you're going to put your gun in your pocket, which is totally fine if you do, but please put that gun in a pocket holster and then put the whole thing into your pocket. Don't just, uh, yeah, that's a good one right there. Um, don't just, well, I can't show Well, yeah, I can here. Here's what I can do. Hold on. Let me, that's the one that came with my LCP max three the whole thing and put this here where it's not on <laughs> camera and I'm not flagging anybody. Yeah. There's mine just came out of my pocket too. Uh, when I go to put this back in my pocket, here's the other trick. Don't try to reholster this uh, into this while it's still in your pocket, right? Take it out of your pocket, put the gun back into it. And even that, um, again, finger guns, so we don't get kicked off YouTube. But when you're doing this, uh, don't put your pocket holster on your gun like this and muzzle your, your other hand either. So either hold it like this and come over from the top or hold it like this and come up from the bottom. But uh, be careful when you holster your pocket holster uh, or your gun into your pocket holster that you're not flagging yourself there either because uh, that is one of the, the number one reason or no, number one uh, instances when negligent discharges happen is when the gun's going into a holster or supposed to be going into a holster anyway, and it doesn't always. So, uh, that's why we say look the gun into the holster. We want to make sure there's... There's no shirt tails or, or anything else stuck down in there uh, going in with it that might hook that trigger. And, and uh, it stops the trigger from moving, but the gun keeps going forward. That's the same as the trigger going backwards, kids, and that's how uh, bad things happen. So, Here's uh, one I'd like to throw out is, so especially now that so many states have gone constitutional carry, so people, they don't have to go get the concealed carry permit. Uh-huh understand what makes it legal and not legal though and what i mean by that it's now winter time so if you don't have a concealed carry permit and i've seen this happen several times in the stores and people i know don't have the permit but now they throw a jacket on so they were open carrying without a permit which Correct. is legal right now in our right. state but now that it's getting cooler and they and they don't know and then all of a sudden now you're committing a crime because you you've just concealed that firearm even though you have open carry laws so. Right. Yeah, that's a big uh, one. Hey, going you, back, uh, I was going to ask, how many of you guys actually carry something with uh, external safety on it? I did. Okay. Sometimes. Not I all the time. I carry yeah. when I pocket carry or the summer carry. I carry a P nine thirty eight. Okay, I was kind of curious because I mean you're making a good point. If you're and you've seen people try to do that, they put it back in their pocket without pulling that pulling it out of there and most uh either one of the ones i carry neither one of them have external safety so it, i could very you could very well have an accident if yeah if you're trying to just fish for it so i just kind of curious how many of us sitting here actually hadn't had carried one with an external safety on it 
I, I have both guns with and without that I've that are in my carry rotation. <laughs> I've actually because uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't have a good holster for sweatpants, so the Glock 19 was too heavy. So I carried my Ruger SR22 and uh, dropped that in a holster in my pocket until I found something to clip to my belt that wasn't. I mean, cl- clip to my. Um, sweatpants that wasn't pulling you know clothes down but yeah pocket carrying that little sr22 but i really enjoy it and i i it doesn't misfire a lot i mean i wouldn't recommend a 22 that somebody hasn't put a lot of rounds through i found the ammo that works in it federal bulk pack it eats it up like like a fat kid eats potato chips so it's good to go and uh, I had faith in it, so I carried that with me just around the house because I can't carry outside the house because I live in Jersey. Um, and they're about to vote Monday to make it so you can't even carry in your car with a carry permit. What? Because, yeah, because the Bruin decision means nothing to them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's okay, going to go out, out. Go ahead. I want to make sure that I heard that right, uh, and probably most yeah. everybody that's listening wants to make sure that that they heard that right too they're about to vote in trenton about banning concealed carry in vehicles yeah you with the permit by the way if you have your permit you cannot be in your car with carrying your firearm also you can't go on anyone's property that didn't expressly give you permission to carry on the property or business Period. So there are those no need to be no a uh, no gun sign. You have they have to have a guns allowed sign because there are lots of those. Right. How do you get the gun home from the gun store in your car? Oh, you can carry it, but you have to carry it safely in the car, unloaded, ammo separated from the firearm, that kind of crap. So yeah, your gun can get home. Like, the really tricky the part or whatever. Yeah. Well the tricky part is how do you get your hollow points home? So you can have hollow points at home and you can have hollow points at the store and you can have hollow points at the range. How do you get them there? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they they know it's stupid and they don't care because they want the fear. They want the uncertainty. Buy the components of them at home. (laughs) For them, it's a loophole that, that... they've found you know they they accuse us all the time of of loopholes you know oh well we passed this law and then they just found a loophole no we tried to comply and and you're calling it you're calling it a loophole now but uh that's what it is for them we didn't ban hollow points yeah we just told you that you can't have them in public yeah Right? <laughs> we didn't ban them. We just told you could not So everybody has to work their way around them. So when we were talking, you were talking about or suggested a topic of how do you, you know, carry, what do you carry in a state like Jersey? And, and we talked about it. I don't know if we're going to talk about carry ammo. I know we're talking about holsters and carrying methods in the EDC. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to know your state laws and try to comply at least. You um, know, let, let's talk about that. We've got some time right now. Because um, I, I, I forget, I forget how draconian things are for you, um, behind the the iron curtain, behind the stupid curtain, behind the the communist curtain. I mean, you got lots of layers of curtains that you have to 
<laughs> to, to cross before you get out into free America. Um, so yeah, for those of you that aren't aware, in New Jersey, you can't have hollow points in your carry gun or out in public, right? They have to be non-expanding. Is that right? Yeah, they make it some really weird thing with hollow points and a hole in the bullet. But then you have to deal with stuff like uh, Powerball. I think was one of the uh, name of the. Uh, I forgot which manufacturer made yeah, it. Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, Corbin. Corbin uh, owns them, but they were originally were Glazer. Okay, so you got the Powerball. Uh, yeah, I remember when a Corbin. Yeah. And then you had yeah, the. Uh, that's what I have here. Is the Powerball. But somebody made something called Bulldog that was kind of sort of like that, and now it's uh, the Hornady uh, Critical Duty and Critical Defense. So they they are out there. Um, but, you know, most of us, I mean, when I taught classes and when I did my research, it was you try to find defensive ammo that's issued to your local or state PDs because, or the FBI because you know that been through extensive testing and it works. So, you know, what does the FBI use? And back in the day when I carried my 1911, it was either gold or sables or HRTs. So that's what I carry. And it's like, why? Because that's what the FBI carries. So I'm assuming they, you know, tested it and it works. Right. So basically in your state, they want you to carry something that's more likely to shoot through your target and get someone innocent rather than, okay, that's <laughs> just, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because hardball drops them all, yeah. <laughs> right? Now, what about things like this, the uh, Lehigh Defense uh, rounds that are loaded by various companies? Like, this is an Underwood. Yeah, can you yeah, do the so, copper things? Or not? Yeah, we can do that because that's, a, you know, one piece is a solid, solid round. But, I mean, if we're talking over penetration, uh, shooting Phillips head, <laughs> the tops of Phillips head screwdrivers at people, um, that's going to punch through them, too. Look, it's impossible in Jersey. They make it impossible. But when it all comes, when it's all said and done, you're your own first responder. And you have to win the first fight before you can worry about the second fight. So, officially, hey, I'll tell people straight up, hey, comply with your laws if you can. But understand, you have one life, and all they'll do is make political hay off your death. So, live and fight it in court. Do what you got to do. Yeah, and that's why it's it's important. And I don't get I don't get any spoofs or kickbacks for saying this, um, but whether it's USCCA or US Law Shield or you know whoever it is, have some sort of coverage that will help you fight that legal battle if you're ever forced to defend yourself. Because I, and, and people think, oh, concealed carry insurance. That means that. Uh, <laughs> You know, I can just go, I, I can shoot somebody and I'll be okay. No, no. What it is, it's it's legal assistance, right? It's it's a good lawyer that you don't have to put down the retainer for. That's what it amounts to. So make sure that whatever you whatever you get for coverage, make sure that's included because that's the biggest part of it is to make sure that um, you're covered if you need to go uh, and fight a, a battle for your own freedom in court. In New Jersey... In New Jersey, you can only have U.S. Law Shield. Uh, they chased everyone else out of the state. So because of that, I became a U.S. Law Shield uh, sponsor or representative, whatever you call it. So I have my own code for a discount. So if you guys live in Jersey and this is the only one you can have, use my 2A4E 
uh, code and you'll help me out and you'll get a discount. Uh, just, just use it. I wanted, I did it because they were like, you know, you can get paid. I never even asked them what my part of the cut was because I was like, when can we start hosting classes so you can teach people self-defense law in the state? Because I thought that was way more important. And matter of fact, I just found out after almost a year of being one, what my discount code was like a month ago, because it wasn't important to me. It was more important that people take the class. I was like, regardless of me, go to your, cause uh, they host them in different places throughout the state and different ranges have their own. I'm like, go to the meeting, go to the meeting. I don't care. Just go to the meeting and learn what state law is in regards to deadly force. And uh, I finally met the new guy because we had a new rep and he introduced himself and finally gave me my code. But I've been suggesting for almost two years for people to get this done. Find out what state law is because what you see is common sense. Probably is not the law. Yeah. What I was going to say is shop your insurances too because depending on the part of the country you live in, some places Law Shield's going to have better coverage. Some people it's going to be USCCA. You're not going to have the same coverage, same access to attorneys with every company in every state. So right. you got to look at that. 100%. I, I, I mean, again, the only one you can have here is US Law Shield. But prior to that ridiculousness, that was my advice to people too. shop around, find the best deal, find what works for you. One of the advantages of it, regardless of who you use, is you have a defense attorney that's used to working with people that are on the right side of the law. Understand criminals are willing to make deals because they already have felonies when they get caught with a gun charge. So making a deal doesn't make a difference to them. Law abiding citizens, uh, excuse me, responsible gun owners, <laughs> responsible gun owners uh will lose everything yeah. if if they get a felony charge so that's why it's more important to have a lawyer that have the perspective of dealing with people that aren't felons and that don't have arrest records it's a totally different attitude when you go into court and there's a totally different perspective and not only that but it's also going to be somebody who is used to dealing with firearms cases and they know the firearms laws. All lawyers do not know the laws. Yeah, um, a lot of I, people are like, oh, yeah, I don't need the insurance because I already have a family lawyer and everything, and we use them for everything. And yeah, well, that family lawyer that takes care of your insurance and your death benefits most likely doesn't know who are about firearms law. Exactly, and and it's really hard to explain to some people because I think. Most of our contact with lawyers is either, like you said, from some family law perspective or television. You know what I mean? Like television shows and movies. Yeah. No, they, they have specialized branches of law that they deal with, and and they don't deal with that. I had a friend that I just talked to last week who is a lawyer and a gun guy that didn't know we could carry in the state. Huh. You know, like post brewing. That's kind of like going to uh, going to the hospital and being told that you need to have triple bypass surgery, and you know they want to know they want to put you in contact with a cardiologist. No, no thanks. You know what? I've got my family doctor. I'll just have him do it. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants their GP in there monkeying around doing bypass surgery, and the GP's not going to do it because it's not what they do. Right. So think of your lawyer in that same terms as a doctor. And do you want the, the one person who knows a little bit about a lot of stuff in your body 
or do you want that person who made it their sole purpose in life to fix hearts if you need to have heart surgery i want the person whose sole purpose in life is to fix hearts that's me i want the professional i want the one that knows what they're doing inside and out um and has very narrowly focused their career uh same thing with firearms defense lawyers um that's what they do they may do some other stuff too but that's what their primary focus is is keeping like tony said responsibly armed americans out of jail you know while we've been talking about this off of the law part of it but but something we've kind of touched on but a mistake a lot of people make when they go to concealed carry gun choice hang on a second (laughs) that was something i wanted to bring up too is you know it's like you always feel like this needed downsize maybe because that first gun is too big you know yeah well what i'm getting at is you know especially we talked about he asked if anybody any of us carry a gun with an external safety tony mentioned he started off what was the 1911 so know yourself if you're not someone who's comfortable carrying a hammer fired uh, firearm with with it cocked and locked with an external safety you probably you're probably not carrying the right gun. You probably should be looking at uh, something uh, a revolver or something striker fired. Because if you're not confident enough with that gun to draw it out, defeat the safety and have it. Because if if you if you now have to draw it, make sure you're you're pressing out correctly. They have to defeat the safety and rack it. Yeah, and that takes some time. That's probably not the right gun for you, I would say. Well, if, like, if you're super comfortable with it, by all means, do it. But if you're a brand new person, and I'm I'm not an expert, but I can't think of any single action automatic design that has a decocker on it. So, if if you're like you know, say a 1911, you want to carry that hammer down on a loaded chamber, that is the single most dangerous thing you could possibly do. I almost would rather see you try and do empty chamber in the Israeli style and have to rack it. Because at least then your chances of an ND are, you know, really nil. Um, but to take a, a gun that's not designed to have the hammer let down on a, on a loaded chamber and then try to let the hammer down on a loaded chamber, especially when you throw that grip safety in. So the only way that you can do this to release that hammer is to pull the trigger and hope your thumb doesn't slip off of it. But it can't be your firing hand thumb unless you've got really weird uh, double-jointed <laughs> hands. Uh, so you're going to have, it's a two-handed deal, and now your your offhand has to be the one to lower that hammer down. And can you really ease it down? Uh, and that is, you're just asking for a negligent discharge. And what if so, your hand's sweaty? You know, yeah, exactly. Now, like, I have two. With a decocker, you know, like that, like, the M9 or a SIG, uh, you know, 229 or whatever. Yeah, that's that's doable, right? It's built mm-hmm. for that, but not that not that 1911 or not that single action design. It's uh, my, my 1911, I'm fully. I I won't carry it. I love that gun. It's my favorite range gun. But the, I've had Travis play with it a little bit before. The safety on mine is it doesn't take much at all to defeat it. So I don't feel confident carrying that one. Now my little SIG P938, the safety on that, you have to be intentional on. So I don't have a problem at all carrying that, but I've also been doing it for a, for a little while now. Yeah. Yeah. To your point about the Israeli carry, that's the whole reason why 
the Israelis came up with Israeli carry, they had soldiers that were shooting themselves trying to drop that hammer yeah. and on a loaded round because they, they weren't allowed to carry their their sidearm cocked. They had to carry it with the hammer down. So the doctrine became that you carry it with the hammer down on an empty chamber in the Israeli military. The idea well, the Israeli military had a problem when they first started out was every gun, they had hand-me-downs. Yeah. So one unit could have three or four different actions, like like types of guns. Mm-hmm. So, hey, everybody carries a semi-automatic with an empty chamber. You draw, you rack it, yeah. you chamber it yeah. around. That way I don't have to teach decockers or safeties or dropping hammers. So it had a practical use. To yeah. still do it now, it's it's get used to your gun, spend some time with your gun because you're assuming you will have time that you might not have mm-hmm. and hands that you might not be able to use. So I understand if you're carrying like that and you're just starting out, but you need to work on changing that as soon as possible. Work on getting comfortable with carrying your loaded gun. And maybe, like Defense Dad said, maybe the striker fire gun with no safety isn't for you. Maybe you need to get something and, and have a safety. Maybe you can get a striker fired with a safety until you learn to be more comfortable with your firearm. I'm not poo-pooing you because I have friends that started out that way. And eventually they they learned their gun and got more comfortable with their gun. It's just something you need to work on. Well, here's another thing, too, while we're talking about such a thing. Uh, whatever you're carrying, if you've got uh, a striker fire or... A hammer fire if it's got a safety on it use it learn how to use it i see a lot of people um like let's let's in a, again not to poo poo the gun but like the ruger lc9 has got that little safety and it's a booger right i mean it is it's not made to, to easily flick on and off but murphy's law dictates that if you start carrying that thing thinking well it's got the trigger safety the little dingus and it's got all these other things so I don't need to run it with the uh, safety catch on, and, and it you know it still works the same way with with all the other uh, safeties built in. Okay, that's all good and well, and you can do that at the range, and and you know maybe it'll never ever kick itself on. But uh, we have to live in the real world, and Murphy's law it has a large bearing on the real world, and that says that the minute that you need that gun to save your life or somebody else's that's going to be the instance that the safety did get bumped on and you're not used to disengaging it when you draw. So yeah, there's a lot of people out there. They never once practice draw after they've got their, their concealed carry permit. Like you might as well not yeah, carry the, it. The, the, the well, and, and I, I'm going to throw a couple two other things out that are kind of, I guess, hand in hand um, too. So two other mistakes that I see that now that I think about it, um, and one of it is, is uh, I'm seeing it more and more now just because of, of now that I am an instructor, I pay attention to things that I never really paid attention to before. But two mistakes that I see that I think are mistakes, and, and you may not, and that's okay, uh, but I'm going to tell you that they're mistakes. Number one is not getting training. A lot of people, and, and now half the country doesn't require a class or a permit to be able to carry concealed right the other half most of the time that's the only class anybody takes is just the bare minimum and as we say at work bare ass minimum right they they take the bare ass minimum to get the permit it's the only formal instruction they've ever had and and now 25 states you don't need any instruction 
to uh, to be able to carry concealed. Now, from a liberty standpoint, that is amazing, and I can't wait till the other twenty five go, and I can't wait to be number twenty six. More on that later. But um, as far as just a safety and and a responsibility factor. Kids, get out there and find an instructor. And and I don't want to hear this. Well, my husband, uh, you know, was my husband's a cop and he can teach me. Or my uncle was a, an instructor, you know, in the army and and he knows these things. Trust me, teaching civilians concealed carry is night and day different than teaching uh, soldiers on a firing line with their M4. Okay, or uh, or teaching police officers how to draw from their duty holster. Right. This is not the same stuff. The rules of engagement are different. The everything's different. So, again, just because somebody is, has a military or law enforcement background, it doesn't mean that they they themselves have the the uh, the skills and, and the knowledge to present things to you as a civilian. Uh, sometimes that even comes down to teaching uh, techniques, too. Right. Sometimes they forget that you're not a soldier and, and yelling at you may not be the best way to, to teach you something. Uh, so go find an instructor that and take classes. Um, and here's the other thing too, that, uh, we see a lot of people, um, end up not doing is they don't dry fire. I understand you, you want to get to the range and do live fire. That's the best training, right? Especially if you've got a range that lets you draw from the holster or, you know, do whatever. Um, but when that's not available and with the cost of ammo, you know what? Go go dry fire. Be safe about it. Be smart about it. You're, you find that instructor. They'll teach you what you need to know about the dry fire. But like what Defense Dad said, you know, with people don't practice the draw after they get out of class, that one class, you know, bare ass minimum that they need. Um, dry firing is one thing, but dry dry fire practice, dry not dry fire practice, dry drawing practice is huge too. And don't just practice again wearing, you know, shorts and a t-shirt in the house. If you carry in, in, you know, you're in a state that has winter like this one and you carry under a coat, you better practice drawing from under that coat, right? If you wear gloves, you better practice with them on or practice shucking that glove. Now, I recommend shuck the glove and shoot barehanded. You're not going to have your hand out in the cold long enough to, to freeze up. And if you are... That's a whole different kind of firefight that as a civilian, you're probably not prepared for anyway. Um, but uh, it, and it's so much easier to practice um, barehanding your gun in cold weather than uh, shooting with a glove and, and jacking that all up. So, again, how do you know if nobody's told you if you've never practiced and figured out what doesn't work so that you can figure out what does. Right. Uh, if and here's another one, if you do carry in a in a winter environment, does your coat have those bungee cord uh, drawstrings on the inside? If it does, cut them out and throw them away. Uh, I don't know anybody that's ever actually bungee corded their coat shut around their waist anyway. But if, if you're that one person out of a million that does, then uh, that's not going to be the coat for you. Or concealed carry on the waistline is not going to be for you. You need to look at pocket carrying in that coat. But those uh, those drawstrings in the... In the uh, in the coat those those are bad all you're looking for is to get your gun tangled up in one well and it's not um, like you have to be dry firing every night like, i mean you can if you want to if you got something new but I, honestly i got other stuff to do during the week yes yeah. 
but here's once a week too. or once every couple weeks, take 15, 20 minutes, do it. Yep. At the change of a season, okay, yeah, I, my, this is the different clothes I'm going to be wearing. Yeah, and practice. also a big mistake people make is they practice dry fire, but not with the gun they carry. Prime yeah. example, like I used to when I had my G2C or my G3C or whatever G whatever C I had at the, at the time, I've had a couple of them. That's easy to practice dry fire with it because you don't have to re-rack the slide every damn time. But that's not what I carried. Yeah. Here's another one. Those, those of you that are instructors will probably nod your head along with this one too. Um, and I don't care where you are on your journey, whether you carry concealed or you don't carry at all, but you're you, you're a gun owner. Uh, when you go practice, it's so much fun to practice what you're good at, right? Oh, I'm, I'm really good with this gun and this load and this stance, and I can put all my group, you know, all my shots in a group that I can cover with a quarter. Cool. All right. Now, what do you suck at? Do you suck at shooting one-handed? Do you suck at shooting with your, your support hand only? Get good with that. That's where you got to practice. Okay. We focus on what we love to do. And we know it's just like, you know, why do so many bodybuilders skip leg day? Because leg day sucks, right? We want to focus on that upper body. We don't want to develop the lower body. But if you want to be well-rounded, you're going to work. You need to work on the skills that don't come easy. I used to actually enjoy working at the harder things uh, when I was uh, lifting, um, because if it hurt more, I knew it was working more. So deadlifts, squats, the things that everybody else avoided, I wanted to do. And then I discovered that to be well-rounded, you can just eat more and work out less and you become well, well round. So <laughs> that's what I did. But uh, one of the things, if we're giving out information, man, take a class, just like you said, this is something all new students and all students need to be reminded of. Ask every question that pops in your darn head. Yes. Every one of them. Because if you don't ask a question, then you missed an opportunity and you're wasting your money. It's like, dude, you took a class to learn and you have a question, ask it. Does it seem stupid? Only if you don't ask it, man. Ask the question. I don't care if I just answered it. I'll answer it a different way because obviously you didn't get it the way I answered it. That's also why it's important as instructors that you take classes yourself from different people so you can hear different ways to answer the same question. You might answer the same way a hundred times and you go, holy crap, I never thought about answering it that way. I wonder how many students didn't get it because I did answer it that way. So yeah, take classes, ask questions. And if you're lucky enough to live in an area where there are lots of instructors or even a couple different instructors, take classes from different instructors. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because number one, how do you know if that one instructor is teaching you right? You have no idea if that's the only class you've ever taken, right? Number two is you might take a, a class with instructor A and then go to instructor B's classroom and learn the exact same thing, but they'll, they'll present it in a way that you get it, right? And you'll say, oh, instructor B, that person just, they have a knack for, you know, whatever they're trying to teach me. They know how to to get it to where, you know, they explain it in a way that I'll understand it without making me feel stupid. And I tell you what, instructor B, I don't care what class they're going to teach. I'm going to go sign up for it because I love learning from instructor B. That doesn't mean instructor A is no good. Somebody else feels the same way about instructor A, right? So you got to find your instructor B that, that just knows how to talk to you. And, and then again, uh, spread that around a little bit. But uh, 
it's okay to instructor shop, right? Go take multiple classes, multiple people. And then the ones that you learn the best from stick with them and, and learn a little more from them. Also, right. if an instructor, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, uh, one of the, <clears throat> one of the things that really worked with me is I, I had a few instructors, but you know, we have, uh, I know around here we have nights like, uh, rock your Glock. I mean, they're real cheap. You can get in, um, you use ammo, you're able to, draw from outside the waistband you get comfortable especially if it's something that you want to end up carrying and you know some of those are like 10 or 15 bucks and you go shoot 50 rounds and you actually can network and meet other people and a lot of times people are sitting there going hey dude try it this way or do that or you know and it helps uh, get your comfort level if you're not real comfortable let's say carrying uh concealed right off the bat you know you you have an outside holster i know I don't know, it's been five, six years ago when I first started out. That was one of the things I did. I had a few instructors, but I wanted to be very familiar and and comfortable with my firearm. And and that's what I did. I did uh, USPSA. And then the one I really loved doing was steel shoots. And it adds just that little bit of element of uh, stress and tension. So you actually kind of figure out where you fumble a little bit, you know, definitely, you know, fast is not smooth. It's, it's, it's a good example. And it doesn't cost much. And I, I really think that's a good example. And many of you guys have been instructors at places like that. And you talk to people and you'll end up picking up even students because if you're willing to stand there and help them for five minutes for nothing, they're going to pay some extra money to actually come talk to you and take that class. And that's that's what I felt was really beneficial for me. And that's how I started out. But I didn't carry concealed probably the first six months I actually had my concealed carry just because I wanted to be comfortable first. Mm -hmm. One of the things I really want people to do, though, if you go to an instructor and they have you do something that you've never done before, I don't know, a move, a way to draw, a way to reload, um, who knows? But And you go, well, that's a freaking quirky piece of trash. Why does he have me do it? Do it in the class because it may be something you never thought of and it works. But also do it because, look, you paid to go to his class. He didn't pay to go to yours. So, so do the thing, and if it sucks and it's worthless, drop it. But at least give it a fair chance during that class because you might learn something. Or it might not be for you, but it could be for somebody you haven't even met yet down the road that you give advice to because you opened your mind up, gave it an honest try. It didn't work for you, but you can see a circumstance where that thing may save somebody's life that you don't even know and haven't met yet. So don't throw away information because it doesn't work for you, especially in something because this is a martial art. This is actually a martial art treated as such. Give it that respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the scenes in Karate Kid where Mr. Miyagi had Daniel doing all the chores and not telling him why he had him doing it, but he had him doing it in a specific manner. Why? Because he was teaching him how to do these maneuvers without teaching him how to do these maneuvers. Yeah, and in a way that he could remember... Right. forever how to do it too with, with the right technique something i'll add too is so let's say you live in an area where you don't have a lot of access to trainers without driving a lot or you have a schedule where like me i've taken a lot of classes but i work retail commission to take the classes i have to take a good selling day off on the weekend so still take those but in the meantime you can there's training aids you can get out there and you can get um, the number one, they analyze your, some of them analyze your draw. Some of them do, some of them don't, but some of them allow you to train with your own gun and they analyze, they analyze the, 
your reset, all sorts of stuff. Like I've, I've got one, I got one out just I happen to have it. I'm not advertising for these guys, but this is a good system to use. Use your gun. You don't have to buy a special training gun for it. Um, it quite honestly, it makes dry fire more fun, so you're more apt to do it. And it's it's the cost of about one class a lot of times. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's not your total replace training, but it sure makes dry fire a lot more fun. You're more apt to do it if it's not boring. Well, now, go ahead, Tony. Well, one of the things I used to do is airsoft. Um, I had a uh, HKUSP airsoft gun, and I'll be dang if the trigger was not the same as the HKUSP for real gun. Oh, now, wow. it wasn't blowback. It just had <laughs> it had the same trigger. It had a long-ass double-action trigger, <laughs> um, but it was darn near the exact same and it works so i would come home from work because again to me it was a stress reliever um i had my regular firearms i didn't have a usb the department that i work with has usbs and they always wanted me these guys always wanted me to teach them because they had a uh, um range day coming up for qualifying you know recall every year and i'm like well let me get this gun let me get this sighting system let me and i did it and i would fire an entire CO2 cylinder, which is like 220 rounds of of this USP at a playing card of seven yards. And I would do that. I would draw and I would put rounds on target. So people would ask me, you know, how do you get good at it? Dude, I spent however much a little CO2 cartridge from Crossman is. I think the gun itself, that particular one, was like $65 from Walmart and a sack of BBs. I got the heavier ones just so they shot straighter and not the cheapest ones you could get. That was like $15 at the time. And that would be like two or 3,000 in a bag. And I uh, had a pizza box set up with a cloth in it. So it would hit the pizza box, fall in the cloth. And the box would be upside down this way with the hinge pointed down. So all the BBs would drop. I'd take the whole thing, throw it in the trash bag and there wouldn't be BBs all over my basement. So that's what I did for fun. But what it did was teach me sights and triggers. And again, if you can shoot a devil action well, you can shoot anything well. That's true. Well, so, stuff like that, like I did. used it, to be honestly, for fun. My daughter, I don't have her draw from a holster, but she owns guns. She loves using that Mantis system. She'll beg me. She's like, can we, can we do the Mantis? It teaches her target acquisition. It teaches her. To, she she works on her. She works on her split times. My daughter's thirteen years old. Like, and that might sound really weird to a non-gun person. Like, oh my god, you do that with your kid? But it, it's like, it's, what are her split times? It's like one three. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, teaching, <laughs> it's teaching something because eventually she's going to be probably carrying when she gets older. She'll already have the skills, and it's. Rather than sitting on your butt watching whatever on TV, that kind of stuff, it, it, honestly, it can become family time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I think we're we're going to uh, we're going to wrap some stuff up here. But uh, one more thing too that, that I just want to mention that I see is again I see this as a mistake. Um, and Joe, you you said this even was your experience too. Uh, people will go out there and get their concealed carry permit. And then they won't carry because they're not ready. Okay. Now I'm not saying don't get your permit until you're ready. What I am saying is if you get that permit and all of a sudden the, the gravity hits you of, Oh my gosh, I'm actually qualified now and legally able to 
strap on a tool that is capable of taking the life from another uh, living thing. Okay, that sometimes that hits people, and you, you it doesn't hit them until that moment that. Oh my gosh, I am now able to take a firearm, a loaded firearm, and conceal it on my person and go out into public with this. And that's kind of a heavy thing, and I don't know that I'm quite ready for that. Um, again, search out some some support groups. I don't want to say support groups like, you know, you're, you're a, a survivor of, of violence. But uh, there are people out there who have had that same, uh, oh crap, realization moment, right? Uh, there's people out there that have been through this and they're all going to tell you the same thing. The only way uh, out of that feeling is through it. And the only way mm -hmm. that you can get past it is to start carrying. So go and, and learn a little bit from what we've talked about tonight. Get a quality belt, quality holster. Uh, if, if your wardrobe doesn't allow for a belt, then go find a quality system for carrying around your midsection or uh, in a pocket or even in a, you know, off body in a, a backpack or purse there, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that as well. Uh, and go seek that out and find the right way. Uh, and if you need resources, I've got them. I'll, I'll put you in contact with some people, uh, that, uh, that, that work on stuff like that too. But, uh, you've got to, you've got to get your feet wet. You've got to start carrying. It's the only way to get comfortable. Uh, we all felt that awkwardness. Uh, we've all been there. We all think that the world's staring at us. They're not. Nobody's looking at your your waistline. If you're carrying appendix, dudes, trust me, nobody's looking there um, and, and to to see if if you've if you know is that a 1911 in your uh, in your waistband or are you just happy to see me? Uh, it, it's not like that. Like, you, do you walk around looking at other dudes' uh, belt buckle areas? Most guys don't, right? Um, and most here. Here's a little fast fact for you guys. Uh, the ladies aren't either. <laughs> so most of them are not looking at your belt buckle. Um, so, uh, so you know, you, you've got to start carrying. Um, get used to it. Re remember the fact that nobody's paying attention to you. Um, and most states, not the end of the world, if you do get busted for printing a little bit. Uh, some states, that's illegal. But otherwise, uh, so go. So you just got to, you got to, you got to start. You just got to go do it. Um it's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be comforting, right? But I'll tell you right now, if it's not comfortable, you're not going to carry it. So yep. find a system that's comfortable. Um, um, quick question, quick thing I really yeah. want to talk about. You really do think everybody knows you carry it. <laughs> I still remember, man, I was in Richmond, Virginia at a Walmart at like 2 or 3 in the morning because I was driving from uh, – I'd driven from Jersey – and I was carrying in VA and I'm in like aisle 12. And again, it's, it's, it's two, three o'clock in the morning and I'm grabbing some snacks for the last drive into my mom's house, which is like two long hours. So I'm like, hey, I'll get some snacks. I'll get some coffee, whatever. And they were like, uh, code, code, let's say green on aisle 12. And I look up and I'm carrying, right? And I'm like, I'm on aisle 12 with the code green. Did somebody see? Did I print? Did I show my gun when I reached out? I'm getting out of this store. Dude, I'm stuck to stuff. I left the store. I was like, they're on to me. Is that the uh, um, is that the Ken Blanchard code? The black man with a gun? I don't know, man. man are get I was like, oh, they're on to me. I'm the only one on this aisle. <laughs> was out of there bro <laughs> that's awesome oh did you get busted for carrying while black 
Uh huh. I actually, um, I got arrested there uh, on uh, not that time, but yes, I got arrested in Henrico, Virginia. Uh, Henrico County uh, Sheriff's officers arrested me uh, for, well, when the judge asked him why did he pull me over, he said he couldn't answer that. Oh, so it was a DWB charge. So all charges were dropped, and the case was dis- the case was actually dismissed, and that all charges dropped. But yeah, yeah. That they they got me and it was that and welcome to the nineties baby. Wow, that's <laughs> you know I I know that happens and I know that's not a thing that I deal with and it still just pisses me off that that crap happens and I yeah. I know sure. coming from me that's rich right you're the one that that has to live with it but it's it, it was it, uh sixteen hundred dollars uh to hire a lawyer because again it was early 90s and i hired the president of the virginia bar association because screw you i ain't going to jail (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah so uh that that really it it, it is what it is man you live with life but uh it was really stupid and it was like a gun charge it was my 1911 and uh what happened is i got out of the vehicle uh to check into a hotel and i had i placed it under my driver's seat and the cop came over because it was me and my biological brother, my stepbrother. So two black guys and a white guy, you know, where are you going? Where are you coming from? Kind of crap. And standing up on the sidewalk, he was able to look at an angle when he looked in my truck and saw it under the driver's seat, like the butt sticking out from under the driver's seat and uh, couldn't get in my vehicle. He needed my key. And they opened the door, and then he called in back up, and there were seven cops, and they all had us surrounded, and guns pointed at me, and everything. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was an adventure, but yeah, the whole thing was dismissed, thrown out. And um, but it can happen. Stay calm. Don't lose your poop, and uh, do what they say. I actually had to yell at the cops because there were seven of them, and they were telling me to raise my hands, turn around, and don't move. <laughs> I'm like, we can't do all that. You listen to me now. Comply now. Turn around. Don't move. Raise your hands. So I just gotten out of the Marine Corps. And I just went, speak from your chest. Silence. Shut up right now. One asshole speaks. The rest of you shut up. And they did it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was like Mm-mm, you're not making me move. I will sit right here. Oh, he's not complying. That's because you told me not to move, but to move, to raise my hand, and to turn around. Can't do all three. That sounds like my dad's story about being a wet behind the ears MP. He, I don't remember. That was before he got to Fort Hood. I can't tell you where he was, but uh, his very first day on the job, his uh, his commanding officer told him, uh, came out of, I don't even know what building, came out of there, told my dad, stand right here, guard this door, don't let anybody in. The guy left, he came back later that night, and my dad wouldn't let him through the door. Nice. <laughs> like he was following order, he still got his ass chewed. But <laughs> yeah, but you gotta love it. I didn't mean me, Sergeant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's following order, so he couldn't, uh, couldn't knock him on that. Um, yeah, you've. Uh, I gotta. I gotta bounce something off of you once we. Uh, once we're not live anymore, Tony. But uh, anyway, we're gonna wrap this up and give everybody a chance to uh, have any closing thoughts and and uh, shameless plugs on on whatever they want to plug. So we will start down here with Defense Dad. 
to find that mute button. Hey, you found it. Hey, guys, uh, hadn't been on, hadn't been on a while. It's good to be on the show again. Um, if you want to look at my stuff, I haven't really done much in the last six months, to be honest with you. But it's Defense Dad on YouTube. Uh, there's some, I have Defense Dad one on Instagram. I have I am going to get back to doing videos, but I'm kind of I decided I'm going to change. I'm going to do I'll still do a few reviews, but I'm getting kind of bored doing that stuff. So I'm going to try my hand at like a short film style videos. Cool. We'll see how it goes. Probably get less people watching, but it'll be more fun for me. That's what it's all about. Who cares about the other people as long as you're having fun doing it? That's right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks for being here. And yeah, we about forgot what you looked like and what you sounded like. So glad to have you back with us. All right, Joe, we're going to give you a chance. Any closing thoughts? And uh, I know you don't have a a podcast or anything of your own to plug, but anything that you do want to uh, get out there, now would be the time. Uh, yeah, thanks, John. I, no, I don't have anything to plug other than uh, here in Nebraska. Definitely get involved with the Nebraska Fire Owners Association. We've got a lot of things going on. There's uh, really good people involved, and uh, we're really trying to move forward. So one of the ways to do that is definitely get a hold of instructors. A lot of instructors do know and uh, know how to get a hold of the NFOA. We can, you can find us on uh, Facebook and check it out. Uh, I guess if that's my going to be my plug, that would be it. Definitely get involved, you know, listen and, and ask questions. Like we said before, there's no, the only dumb question is the one you didn't ask. Amen to that. And if you're not in Nebraska, well, first of all, you can still be a member of uh, Nebraska Firearms Owners Association. You just, you don't get the, the cool stuff like voting for the board members like Joe and myself. But uh, if you're not in Nebraska, there is a local grassroots organization where you are seek them out and get in the fight because I, I promise you if you're not willing to stand up and, and fight to preserve your liberties uh, how can you expect anybody else to and you, you just can't complain if you're not if you're not doing your part to preserve them then uh, don't complain when they're gone because trust me there are people out there that want to take those away from you so Joe thanks for being here and uh, Again, thanks, thanks for having for, me. Thanks for your involvement and and doing what you can to uh, to help out the the Nebraska firearm owners. So, all right, Tony, we're going to kick it over to you. Any closing thoughts? And where can people find you? Bam. So, this is what we have going on. Uh, this is my raffle item. This is going to be my Christmas uh, Day giveaway. So please uh, go to diversityshoot.com. Every $10 is a chance to win this uh, on our PayPal. Send it to us if you can. Uh, and what we're trying to, this is made of wood. It is like 16 inches or so. Uh, it has all this in it in the blood of uh, the Tree of Liberty quote. And it has all these firearms manufacturers and stuff. This is made by a friend of mine, Dan, over at New Jersey Concealment Furniture. And he donates these to Second Amendment groups so we can use it as fundraisers. And right now, I'm trying to use this to actually raise money to fly out to Vegas. He's got a little wall hanger. So you can hang this up on your wall. It's really cool. Um, I've given, I've done three raffles with these, and I don't even own one. We've given them all away. So... This is what I'm doing, so please go to diversityshoot.com where you can find me. Uh, videos will be popping up. <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, videos will be popping up. I'll keep it up on screen because it's really cool and people need to see it. Um, 
IG, Simon Says Train. Also Facebook, Simon Says Train. And the second is for everyone. And the second is uh, second for everyone on Twitter. Please follow me and listen to my podcast, the 2A4E or the second is for everyone podcast available on your favorite podcast app. Dude, I'm just going to say that thing is freaking sweet. Like, I don't normally hang gun stuff on my walls, but I would sure yeah, as hell have that on my wall. That's pretty BA right there. Dude, I don't know, he, is Jimenez on there? Is Jimenez on there? No. Jimenez is not on there. What about Sky? Is Sky on there? No, it's actual <laughs> Thank fire. Thank God. Back. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I can't believe, I can't believe yeah. the high point's not, like, front and center over top. Yeah, of high point should just be emblazoned across mm-hmm. the front of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they well, have a, I mean, is the high point on here? HK it, has it, to be on there. You can't HK get something away with that high point being on there. Yeah, right. Um, but Dan is really great, man. He really believes in it. I've been standing beside the guy when I got into the fight in 2012. He was there uh, when I started. The second is for everyone. And uh, Anthony Calandra had me on Gun for Hire Radio. I still remember what the heck we were doing. I think it was like the first diversity shoot. And they were doing a, a envelope stuffing at Gun for Hire in the very next room try to do a recall on the senator that got his butt kicked by a truck driver in the last election in Jersey. Yay, yay. Um, so um, we were, I went in the room and I was like, hey, what's going on? Oh, we envelope stuffing. So I just pulled up a seat and just started stuffing stuff in envelopes and ends up to be beside Dan. And he was like, what do you do? And I was like, well, my name is Tony and I do the diversity shoots. What's that? Man, he's been supporting us since that day. Uh, we've, we've given away, I think, three maybe four of these it was awesome though man i want one but i i don't have nads enough to ask him to make me one <laughs> so he just gives them to us and we raffle them off and raise money for what we do right now ammo is a big thing uh we had one last night at, at, at recoil range we introduced a bunch of new people to firearms and we introduced some people to guns they never shot before and one of the ladies got to pull the trigger on a 12 gauge. So if you watch my IG uh, IG today, again, Simon Says Train on Instagram, you will see her pulling the trigger on a 12 gauge for the first time. And this is a mild-mannered, really lovely, high-energy lady. Oh, she dropped the F-bomb. <laughs> she, she pulls the trigger. No, that's her... not fair. Not not all this on oh. Instagram. You got to post that up in other places, too. Oh, it was the greatest thing ever because her daughter was video for me because I was at the other end of the line, you know, going from port to port, taking pictures. And she zooms right out. Just as mom squeezes the trigger, it goes boom. It kicks back. The hair flies. And she turns around and goes, what the? and i was like oh no and she was like i have a new favorite gun now i love this one this has the kick and i like a 12 gauge i was like man i created a monster (laughs) so yes that's what we do at the diversity shoots we introduce people to guns and regular gun owners we introduce you to guns that you don't have yet and we kind of enable you uh, we got one guy that brings in things like the Largo Alien, uh, the SIG. Oh, wow. oh, yeah, he has. I'm like, I don't even want to know what you do for a living, bro, Because, but it's obvious you're single. <laughs> because he brings, like, he'll have, like, five guns, and it'll be, like, $20,000 worth of guns with five guns on the table. Uh, real quick, G23 wants to know if you've ever reached out to Minuteman Munitions. Not Minuteman. No, I haven't. There you go. Well, that might be one more avenue to explore. Yep. All right. And G23, if uh, if you have an in there, 
that'd be great if you could point them towards diversityshoot.com as well. Yeah, or hit me up with your name. It, hit me up with who your contact is, Tony at diversityshoot.com. There you go. That's my email. All right, man. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Uh, Travis, we'll pop up to you for closing thoughts and where can people yeah. find you? You know, we had a lot of good laughs tonight, but I think the important thing to remember is if you do carry, be very responsible, be very careful, because all these little things that you mentioned, these faux pause could be fatal pause. Uh, you know, that's something you want to keep in consideration. But again, I, I it's, it's good to know that I'm not the only one that's made these mistakes before. You're going to make mistakes, but eventually the more you carry, the more comfortable you'll be with it. And you just eventually won't even realize you don't even remember you have your gun on you. You will, but you won't. So it does get easier. You're going to be less conscious about printing and stuff like that. Um, otherwise, if you want to find me, just type in Travis P11 on a Google search. You can find me on YouTube and Instagram, and Facebook and Twitter and GunStreamer and gun, GunTube.org and all that fun stuff. Uh, we'll do Caliber Corner Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Central Time on my channel, Travis P11. And then Saturday night over on Artisan Tony's channel, uh, we're giving away that Mantis uh, Blackbird X system. It's a really nice one. They're over $300 and it's going to be a good time. Uh, and just check my channel and I've got the the information was just put up as a short. You guys can check it out and uh, it tells you what to do. So it should be a good time. Somebody's going to win one of those Saturday night at uh, six o'clock central time. Defense dad wants it. Defense yeah, dad wants it. Be no, I'm raising my hand because. Oh, I got you. Okay. Maybe, maybe John, maybe John, but you got to go to my channel, leave a comment on my video and then we'll do the random comment. I will, I will, I will, I will do the thing, but uh, there you yeah, go. There you go. Get over there and just say, Hey, make sure that that <laughs> randomizer random randomly picks just me. Yep. So. All right. And again, uh, hats off to NFOA, the work you guys are doing, Joe, work you're about to do, and John, the work that you do do. I uh, appreciate you guys for all that you do for that, too, because NFOA is an awesome organization. So as a fellow yeah. Nebraska, and I appreciate having it around. A lot of my work is doo-doo. But, uh, <laughs> the work you do do. <laughs> when you do that, the doo-doo, doo-doo, you do do. Yeah. <laughs> i got to interject right. something because I forgot. So it pertains to me and Travis. Um, so we are having Thunder on the Prairie 2023. We have, I have already started reaching out to sponsors for it. It will be held on the weekend of June 3rd and 4th. It is a two-day event. The first day of, of it will be um, range day. Second day of it will be uh, dedicated to sign-up times for filming. So anybody interested in coming, hit up me at defensedad1 at gmail.com or Travis at... Uh, let's see the caliber corner gmail.com. I've got like 12 email addresses going through my mind when you say that. So yeah, okay. the caliber corner gmail.com. I've already got a couple of the return sponsors signed up for. So hoping to see a good turnout this year for everybody. Cool. I know somebody who can't make it because we're already previously booked, but maybe in 2024 we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, but that's cool. So, so yeah, stay tuned for more on that. Uh, all right, Travis, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Rich, we will uh, let you back clean up here. All right. Uh, going back real quick, I'm going to circle back to when we are talking about smaller back carry. Not only is it a danger where you're flagging yourself, but you got to keep in mind with smaller back carry, it, it's right there by your back. When I was in fifth or sixth grade, we were playing war, and one of my friends had stuffed his gun, his pistol, back there, was running down, this was Christmas break, right? we were running down the street, he hit a spot of black ice, fell, landed on that, damaged multiple discs and vertebrae in his lower back. It was a month before he had feeling in his legs. If you're going to carry small the back, keep something like that in mind, especially when you consider that the number one accident that people get injured in is a slip and fall. Yeah, and if it's black ice like that, then chances are you're not going to fall forward. Your feet are going to shoot up from under you and you're going to come down on that tailbone area. 
Yep, very, very true. So, uh, all right, where can people find what you're doing, Rich? Yeah, uh, over on the Unloaded Media channel or the Wrestling Unloaded channel. There will be no wrestling show this weekend because I'm not going to be home. We are going to a show at the Maryland Theater. It's going to be a Christmas thing. It's going to be like a Christmas sing-along with the Maryland Symphony Orchestra, so we're not going to be home for that one. But there will be a show on Unloaded Media on Sunday. That'll be this week unloaded. That'll be at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And I just put up a Christmas-themed short on over on that channel today, so go over and check that out as well. Sweet. Very cool. All right. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just want to throw out one more piece of advice for anybody, and I don't care what level you are, whether you're a beginner or a seasoned veteran. Uh, if you catch yourself making one of these mistakes or, you know, there's myriad things that we didn't think of to, to, to bring up tonight. Uh, but if you catch yourself making a mistake, do not beat yourself up over it. Okay. Just learn from it, get better. Um, if you find out that your equipment isn't, uh, doing what you need it to do, then, uh, you know, understand buy the best that you can afford at the time and then uh never stop looking for better equipment uh you know whatever it is better skills uh but you know just like anything else in life if if you make a mistake it's not the end of the world hopefully it's not the end of the world anyway with you know if it's a negligent discharge could very well be that's where this responsibility comes in right it's a serious topic um but uh you know we like to have fun with it too but again if it's a if it's a little mistake uh, just learn from it. Do better next time. Keep going. Keep pushing on. And uh, eventually one day you will be in the position to uh, tell somebody else, you know, hey, I, I did this and it didn't end well. So learn from my mistake. You know, you'll be there. You'll be the mentor eventually, too. So uh, thanks all of you who have taken that journey to become concealed carriers and taken that first step in that journey. Uh, thank you to all of you who have even considered it. And uh, if you're listening to my voice right now and you've never considered it, then uh, thanks just for being here and and listening and uh, keeping an an open mind because that's pretty cool too. All right, we're going to uh, go to the list here and thank everybody who was out there. Again, if you're not making those comments, we don't know you're there on the YouTube side. And I didn't see any comments come through on Facebook uh, and, and nothing popped up on the old, I don't think it did. My Twitter doesn't always tell me when I've got new stuff. Nope, nothing nothing new on the old Twitter site either. So uh, uh, out there on YouTube, again, get those comments in so we know you're here. And my beautiful bride has made the list. So let's see here. We had Patriot in the Dark, Rich White, Defense Dad, Agorizer, Krabby Turtle, Blitz, Travis P11, uh, Armsman, and... Uh, the the armsman i think it is uh gunpowder beauty g23 chris from the 740 and mike and gizzards out there gizzard gary's out there and i did see uh this uh, who is this simon says train guy he he did make a comment out there too so uh troll troll, yeah simon says troll that's what you you need to start that one We all know it's you, but you can have fun trolling everybody. Um, anyway, thank all of you for uh, being on on the uh, the panel tonight. Uh, on behalf of Defense Dad and Joe and Tony and Travis and Rich, Sandhill Sweetheart, and the Puppy Dog and myself, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, get those comments in, like, share, subscribe. Help this become uh, not only the best show that no one's watching, but help us become the best show that everybody's watching. Um, 
So we can improve. We just need to know you're out there and what you like and what you didn't. So leave that constructive criticism in the comments. But for now, it's time to go. We've got people that are about to turn into pumpkins. We've got to get them uh, back home before the, the clock strikes midnight. So you got to go. We love you. God bless you. But that's it, man. Get off my lawn.